Yes, sir, we promised you a great man. Andre, the Ladies and gentlemen, the number one sports and recreation podcast is Cheap Heat. I am uh, Peter Rosenberg, but more importantly, the physically large one, SG to the G, is here. We're both in New York, but not together. How are you, SGG? I'm doing good, Peter. How you doing? I felt weird to call you I'm Peter. Good. I usually go with a P, but... Uh, I don't yeah, know that was strange. The whole it's thing okay. came out That's just now. <laughs> Listen, yeah. it's all good. It's all good. Um, it is my actual name. I'm okay. Tomorrow I'm heading out to All Star. Friday night, catch me on the uh, sidelines of the celebrity game. Um, uh, some of you may have noticed I, I made a return to social media this week. It is not the same version of me on social media. Not going to be using it in quite the same interactive way. I just didn't find that good for me. But because of some business stuff, I kind of had to be on there. So I'm finding a balance where I can still post some stuff that's going on and also not read every comment that exists. So, but I am back on there. So it's basically um, like a limited return, right? Just Instagram? No, Twitter also. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm on both. I just didn't do very much on either, um, nor do I plan to. Um you know, but, but post, you know, I'm not saying I'll never post an opinion, but it's mostly there for just like what I have going on. Um, you know, so like I can interact, for example, on Friday night, I know I need to do some, some social interaction, um, uh, from the celebrity game. And so, you know, I can document all star weekend and things like that. Um, and let people know things that's going on, but I'm not going to be engaging the same way because I never found that to be particularly great for me um and for you guys rosenbergbeats at gmail.com the mailbag is still the way to go if you want to actually get me an email sgg uh, how about you start out with what's going on outside the ring so we lost another legend uh this week pedro morales passed away at age 76 um he's a name that some listeners might not be too familiar with just because he's from that uh, Bruno San Martino, Ivan Koloff, uh, very early generation of WWF uh, superstars. Uh, the fourth WWE champion after um, Buddy Rogers, Bruno San Martino, and Ivan I always Koloff. messed that up. I, I, I always call him IC champion, and he was actually champion. I always get that wrong. But by the way, everyone listening should know Pedro Morales. I mean... I, I guess, I guess, I don't know. It's interesting to think of what like the, you know, mid-south equivalent would be to Pedro Morales or, you know, the, I don't know, St. Louis equivalent would be or, you know, world-class equivalent would be. But yeah, in this market, he, he was a big household name in yeah. this market. And I, I guess the easiest way for, um, for like our listeners to think about it, right? Cause every generation has that. One and one A guy, and he was sort of like the one A guy to Bruno. So he was like, if Bruno was Hogan and Austin, um, and even Cena, you know, then Pedro is your Orton, your Randy Savage, your uh, The Rock. Just in terms of like 
that guy who was just as popular and meant just as much to to that generation. And uh, he actually did have the Intercontinental Championship too. So you're not wrong when you say that he was the first Triple Crown winner. So um, if you refer to him as IC champion, you're not you're not at all off base. Not wrong. Yeah, not at all. But you should probably want to remember the whole thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, legend, icon, and you know, I know one of the really uh, things he'll be disappointed in is that he didn't get to spend much time with my return to social media. So yeah. that's going to be a tough. That's tough. Yeah, and in in some more bad news, although not as bad. Um, I was I was I was hoping I was hoping for a laugh there, Greg. It was uh, I didn't think the the dead silence there about the seriousness of my social media was made it feel a little weird. But go ahead, keep going. <laughs> not too weird. Mustafa uh, Ali was injured um, last week on SmackDown. Uh, in addition to some nagging injuries that he had, um, that black guy from Randy Orton just did not help the situation and so he was pulled from the elimination chamber um replaced with Kofi Kingston who uh, we can talk about that performance more when we get into smackdown but but yeah Mustafa Ali's push seems to be on pause for now while he's sent home to deal with those injuries bad timing man really bad timing for a guy who was getting a Big old push out yeah. of nowhere, it felt like. Um, you know, listen, he'll, he'll get his chance. They obviously think highly of him, but it is a bummer timing wise. There's, there's no denying that, you know, from a timing standpoint, it's just not when you want to get hurt when you're getting that kind of, that kind of push, but he's dope. He'll be back. Yeah. And, um, all elite wrestling's tickets for double or nothing went on sale. Uh, I think they did the pre-sale earlier this week and then the general tickets. Went on sale today, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I think they have another sellout too. It looked like it was very, 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 very difficult on social media for people to get those tickets, even for pre-sale. So, um, congratulations! Where is it again? Las Vegas, MGM Grand Vegas. Garden, I think, or something like that. It's theater. Yeah, maybe. that's 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 the big that's the big room out there. Yeah. Yep. So another sellout. So you know, people can look forward to another show. I know Chris Jericho versus Kenny Omega 2 is happening on there. Um, so, yeah, so, so it's a show that people are looking forward to. Glad they sold out. It's, the best, it's one of the best wrestlers in the world against Chris Jericho. Yeah. <laughs> Chris Jericho is lucky to be there, too. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, fighting with my family is in theaters. It should be in theaters in New York and L.A., when people are hearing this and then uh, nationwide and I think even worldwide next week. Um, I, I really, and by the way, coming up later, I mean, this is as big as, as when Jim Ross had that famed interview with mankind. You know what I mean? This is, this is like one of those sit downs that JR would have with stone cold. This is big to end the show today. We have SGGs one-on-one with one of my favorite people in comedy, Stephen Merchant, the director of the film. So, Greg, we are all yeah. waiting with bated breath. It, um, I heard you. I heard you did a tremendous job. Thank you. I don't know who lied to you. I think I did well, though. 
Well, it was. It, let's be honest. It, it was Kyrie, who's very pro Greg, so we have right. no idea if it's true. <laughs> but um, we look forward to hearing it. And Merchant's amazing. I got to tell you, Greg, I, I thought the movie's pretty damn good. I did too. I really did. Um, I sent out a tweet as soon as I got out of my screening. Just you know, I praised it and really tried to put it over how good it is as as a movie, not a wrestling movie, just as a movie. Like it's 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 legitimately funny and sweet, um, and just well done. I mean, it's you know where it's going, obviously, and you know even if you didn't know the story, you'd have an idea of where it was going. Um, they didn't absolutely reinvent the wheel, but it's just well done. It's just a it's just a good movie. Um, yeah, the girl who the girl who plays Paige is awesome. I thought all those kids were awesome. I thought Paige's family was awesome. I thought Vince Vaughn was perfect. Um, or, you know, really good. I, I don't know if he was exactly like an ex wrestler necessarily, but he was still very Vince Vaughn y and good. And, um, I really think that the listeners of our show will enjoy the movie. I, I, I actually, I really do believe that if you listen to this show and that means you're that much of a fan of wrestling, you will enjoy fighting with my family. Yeah, um, I, think so I, I recommend. I recommend it. I think and so. And it just reminded me of, it reminded me of how special her story is, and you know, and then of course the addendum to Paige's story is at this point a sad one. Um, it's a whole other movie. What happened since then? Um, but who knows? Everything is temporary, and you do not know how the Paige story or Soraya's story is going to go. Um, but I'm a big fan of hers personally. Um, she's a she's a really cool person, and I felt like I really got to know her watching the film. So I think you guys will like it. Yeah, I really do. And just to add too, like what I loved about the film is that even though you know where the story is going and like what happens next, it is very easy to get wrapped up in the film and like. You know, you sort of worry for the character at points and feel for the, for her family at other points. It's, it's really well done. Any idea who the other girls in NXT with her are supposed to be? I think they were just supposed to be like general, general characters, not really, you know, referring to anybody in particular, just so that they could focus more of the story on Paige and the, you know, like that there weren't too many, um, were too many peeks behind the curtain or like winks and nods to wrestling fans of like, cause I know some of the gear looked familiar. There was the one girl who, um, wore that gold gear that Charlotte wore early in her career. And there was another one who looked like she had Eve Torres's gear. But I think besides that, and obviously, you know, the Pete Dunn kid at the tryout, but besides that, there wasn't anything character wise that would say, Oh, this is, you know, Charlotte is the Pete. Is the is the Pete Dunn kid at the tryouts supposed to be Pete Dunn? I mean, he has his exact gear. He has the the singlet or the unitard, I guess you could call it. He had the the vest, and even his hair was like swooped over to the side, the way Pete Dunn did it, or does it? It look. I mean, it looks exactly like him. Yeah, I did. I did think that as well. So yeah, uh, two thumbs up apparently from Cheap Pete for fighting with my family. Yeah. 
What else, SGJ? Um, that was all I had from outside the ring news. So whenever you're ready, we can go right into Monday Night Raw, SmackDown, and then get to predicting this uh, elimination chamber. I forgot that this is a go home podcast. I I I, I kind of elimination chamber creeps up. These pay per views pre mania sort of sort of creep up on you. Um, so. Uh, SGG, where do you wanna, where do you wanna start? Um, what did you think of the week of television in general? As usual, I preferred SmackDown to Raw. Yeah, SmackDown was just, um, absolutely stellar this week. But we can't, we can't speak about SmackDown. We can't just completely send Raw to the side because, um, there was a major development on Monday night with Charlotte finally being given that uh, main event spot in that match that everybody thought she was going to get when Vince McMahon suspended Becky, suspended Becky Lynch and uh, suspended her for 60 days, which he noted was uh, five days after WrestleMania was already over. And uh, Charlotte's going in to that match. I do like that way of doing it, though, a little bit, as opposed to just going directly to the triple threat right now. Yeah, I do too. They, I, they have I, so much time. I, pref- I prefer that to then just announcing as a triple threat right now. Yeah. By the way, we have a lot of emails to get to in the mailbag about people disagreeing with Dip's take about there not being a real story for Becky, Charlotte, and Rhonda. Dip, Dip is they're gonna hold Dip's feet to the fire. <laughs> yeah, so we'll we'll get to that. Although people did, they are raving about his appearance. People say that. You know, a dip coming back is like, it's like the rock coming back to, to, to cheap heat. It's hard to disagree with that. Um, all right. Um, so yeah, that was the biggest, excuse me, that was the biggest development from Raw, certainly, was it ending with Charlotte being added to the match as Becky spent the whole episode hemming and hawing and thinking about what's what. Yeah. And then no Becky on SmackDown. So this suspension, is uh is in full effect like it's actually in effect not like the stephanie mcmahon suspension from last week where she pops up on smackdown and then the following raw anyway like she looks like she's really sitting this one out for at least in terms of the storyline yeah. yeah at least for right now um but um what else would you say what else would you say were your biggest takeaways from from raw this week kevin owens is coming back uh, but I guess this could be a takeaway from Raw or SmackDown. But uh, he filmed like a promo in a bowling alley, which was kind of weird. Um, it, it definitely gave us like a softer side of Kevin Owens. but uh, And yet oddly appropriate for Kevin Owens because if he wasn't a pro wrestler, you could picture him being a pro bowler. Yeah. I mean, except that gutter ball, but... <laughs> except for when he actually bowled. That's yeah. a very good point. But uh, he looks like he's on his way back. Which and he said he's going to be back in one month, so I think that's going to be right before Mania. So it'll be interesting to see where he ends up going and what they end up doing with him. Because I know the way he the way he went out, uh, that injury angle they filmed with him and Lashley, uh, he was poised and I guess you could say is still poised to come back and come back huge. So you think he just comes back babyface and goes after Lashley in the IC title? I mean, yeah, he has he has that unfinished business. 
Um, and that'll put him over the top. If he comes back babyface, he's going to be huge either way. But um, that's a built-in storyline that they can go to right away to, to put steam behind him. Um, and then, of course, we had the uh, six-man tag involving Kurt Angle, Braun Strowman, and Finn Balor. Yes, uh, versus Bobby Lashley, Drew McIntyre, and Baron Corbin. Definitely appears as if Kurt, Angling, Kurt Angle is angling for a match at WrestleMania this year, doesn't it? Uh, not only does it appear like he's angling for it, I mean, it's, it's they're sort of tipping their hand that he has one, and it might even be against um, Baron Corbin. I mean, I wonder if it's it'll just be like his if he announces because he was going to make that announcement and it got cut off. Does it end up being that he announces his last match is WrestleMania? Um, I don't, I don't know if he even gets back to that announcement. I think, I think. They're going to let that one just taper off and then who knows? It could be one of those situations where he, he has the match and then says that was my last match, but I don't know if we get to get all the fanfare going into it. Hey, also SGG, speaking of things outside the ring that we, we kind of skipped all the rumors this week that Hart Foundation were going in, but they were not announced. Yeah. Um, I don't know. This rumor has been persisting because I, I feel like we spoke about it. Um, not on last week's podcast. I think it was two weeks ago. We spoke about it. So, and and I don't think anyone has been announced yet. And um, no, Vince said himself they got fifty five weeks. I mean fifty fifty five days. Excuse me until WrestleMania. So uh, that's not a lot of time to build. No, normally it's around. Normally it's around Rumble time. You start getting the announcements for Hall of Fame. So. I wonder what they're working on, Greg. I did read a, I did read a, a, a story today that Batista had a meeting at Titan Towers about a WrestleMania match. Hmm. Well, if if this so, rumor is true, where do you think that they put him? Well, it could mean first of all the reason they're holding off on the Hall of Fame announcement is that like they want to come out of the gate and induct him and announce him first. Um, I don't know. Triple H is not going to be ready, right? He, I, I really don't know because these guys, I mean, the injury that he had, the injury that he suffered should keep him out um, for a while uh, considering his age and the just the nature of that injury. But these guys are known to pop up early. I mean, I think about John Cena coming back from a similar injury in like half the time at full strength, which is crazy. Uh, so I don't know. I, I don't know. He should, he should keep him out, but I don't know. So yeah, if they, if it's not triple H, Batista, 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 don't say Orton. Could be. Um, Cena? Okay. I would take that. Um, The Rock would be Mage. Yeah. Um, Cena, The Rock, and Batista in a triple threat, and the winner gets to star in the next Fast and the Furious movie. See, there you go. (laughs) 
the winner the, no the the winner gets to be the star of the next marine <laughs> okay um yeah um i don't know um drew mcintyre uh that would be an interesting matchup uh braun Strowman too would be an interesting matchup braun Strowman would, that would be great um i would have liked brock but uh that's not happening all right brock um, brock has bigger fish to fry brock got the king slayer or, or, or smaller fish to fry um <laughs> Physically, at least. Um, I'm watching St. Valentine's Day Massacre right now, and I'm pretty sure in this street fight where they're outside the arena, um, Al Snow just threw a rock at Bob Holly. I think that, I think that just happened. I think a <laughs> rock was just thrown Wow! as an actual move. Um, what a time the late 90s were. Um, what else, SGG, from Monday Night, from Monday Night Raw? Um, yeah, besides Seth Rollins choosing his, uh, his, oh, the, the Boston Hug Connection lost the triple threat tag team match. So they're going into the elimination chamber first, which I thought was a cool way of deciding how that, how that match is going to go. Uh, cause SmackDown also had a triple threat tag team match that was, um, that ended up being, who's going in first on SmackDown? It's not the Iconics. Um, it's not Mandy Rose and uh, Sonya Deville are going in first. So it. they're starting against the Boss Hug Connection. Everybody else is going in the pods. But I thought that was a cool way to determine, not necessarily the order, but um, just to build well, and it puts, the it, it puts Well, and it puts the odds against Boss and Hug, who from a marketing of the titles standpoint, gives a good storyline to the tag team that probably should I mean of who's there it probably should be them right I I guess we'll get to predictions in a minute but like in case anyone's wondering Al Snow Al Snow just got uh, rolled up in a fence and pinned for the three count this had to be for a hardcore title or was it just like a street fight? I actually don't think it was. I think it was, I don't I actually don't think it was for the hardcore title, which is strange. I don't see the hardcore title in sight. I think it was just a street fight, but I, I could be wrong. It was very much a hardcore title kind of fight, and I mean, of course, it had hardcore Holly. Um, speaking of, so we'll get to. Um, go ahead. Oh wow. Okay. I was going to say, speaking of the underdog nature of the Boss Hub connection, though. It was sort of reported that Sasha got injured on Monday and that Bailey would have to go into the match alone. But then they took that back and now Sasha's cleared. So um, WWE is playing with this idea that Sasha might be hurt too, which is uh, going to be something to watch for going into the Elimination Chamber match on Monday for those women tag titles. Because if Becky does end up having, not Becky, if Bailey does end up having to go in alone and do a lot of the heavy lifting, then um yeah, that that definitely makes her the underdog. She's the only one without a partner. Yeah. So yeah, I saw I read about that too, so it'll be oh by the way, Al Snow is still stuck under the fence, if anyone's wondering. He's like, still stuck under the fence. Like to this day? Or just Well, I, I, I can't speak to that. And you know what? It was for the hardcore championship. Thank you, SGG. They just didn't have the title outside. He had to go back into the ring to get 
the hardcore championship. He's the new, Bob Holly is the new WWF hardcore championship. Now, speaking of old school stuff, we had a, a, a semi big argument in the group chat this week. Greg, do you still feel the way you feel about the argument that we had, or did you feel that my case was compelling enough to pull off a rare victory over you at an argument? This was the heart, this the heart foundation conversation. Yep. So should I recap for the listeners or you, would you like to? Sure, sure. Go ahead. So basically the argument was, and I, I don't remember who set it off with like, this was such a Molotov cocktail that somebody lobbed into the group chat. And I think just dipped on it was, uh, it was, it was Zach Linder. <laughs> he said that, uh, Brett is not as mage as flair to go in twice, which whatever. Wait, was that, wait, I don't remember who said that, that, that actually could have been Andrew. I don't remember, but that was just the, that was just sort of the, the, the trolley set off to the argument. Right. Which is fine because, um, at the end of the day, I think both of them are going to get three. So he doesn't necessarily have to be as big as Flair, but I, I believe your argument was that the Hart Foundation faction, um, deserve to go in over the Hart Foundation tag team. No, 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 that was what the argument was. My argument was the opposite. Oh, that the tag um, team needs to go in over the faction? Yeah, Zach, Z- Zach argued that, well, I'm glad to know I had an effective argument, Greg, thanks. Um, Zach argued that the wrong Heart Foundation was going to go in and it should be the faction. And I argued that that is ludicrous and that not only is the tag team more mage than the faction, but that the faction is never going to go in. Um, well, I don't think that the faction is never going to go in. I do think you were right. What you said in the group chat was that I'm working with like a 30, 40 year timeline on when the faction actually goes in. If anybody even cares at that point. Um, but yeah, you're right about whether it's, if we're choosing between the faction or the tag team, I, I got to go with the tag team. The tag team had that longevity. The tag team had, the tag team gave us some classic matches. You think about that two out of three falls match. Uh, they were two-time tag team champs. Um, the faction at one point had all the gold as well, but it was really just Brett Owen and Bulldog sort of carrying the other two members because as major as Brian Pillman was, he wasn't uh, really a factor in the faction, save that one Canadian Stampede match. And um, well, and, and, and also, I mean, because the argument was made, there was an article written about it too somewhere saying... This is the wrong version of the Heart Foundation. Here's why, quickly, in my opinion, why it's definitely the right, if the Heart Foundation goes in, it should be the tag team. Um, number one, well, let's get number one out of the way. It's all about Anvil. Right. Um, and, and for the record, I think they could have just inducted Jim the Anvil Neidhart. I mean, I know his solo work wasn't great, but... You could have just still inducted him because of how mage he was in the Heart Foundation. I wouldn't have had a problem with that either. But it's really about him. And the Heart Foundation is literally, for me, one of the reasons I'm as obsessed with this business as I am. They are, they were so mage as a tag team. Um, the faction was basically just a storyline. I mean, they didn't really operate as a faction for that long. I think they um, had like a strong six months. Pillman 
is awesome. We all know Pillman was awesome in a million ways, but unfortunately he didn't have a Hall of Fame career. It was cut short. Um, Owen it, it has to go in one day, but it's not happening anytime soon with no. the situation with his wife. Um, and Davy Boy should go in on his own one day, or the Bulldogs should both go in. Yeah. Um, but you don't need it to happen. In fact, it would be a waste for that to be the way that Bulldog goes in. So it, it I'm fine with it just being the Hart Foundation. Now, there are people saying that it's going to include Jimmy Hart, which, by the way, I don't think it has to. I think you could just induct the Hart Foundation as the two of them. They didn't have Jimmy Hart the whole time. No, but when they were baby faces, they didn't have Jimmy Hart. But Jimmy Hart was really instrumental in those early years. I mean, you know, let's not forget WrestleMania three. You know, them winning the championships with the Bulldogs. Jimmy Hart and the megaphone was was a big, big part of all of that. But they, for the record, though, they started without Jimmy Hart and they ended without Jimmy Hart. True, true. Um, but they were so made but, with Jimmy Hart, though. They were. It's just, I think some people freak out about the idea that Jimmy Hart is going to be in the Hall of Fame twice. But whatever. Who cares? Jimmy Hart's underrated, by the way. Um, you know, he's certainly Heenan Ajace-esque, but he still, he still is underrated. He had a ton of heat also. Um, that megaphone. So yeah, if, <laughs> this megaphone was everything. And a mage megaphone. So listen, if it is the Hart Foundation, the tag team, it, it, I have zero issues with that. Um, it should not be the faction. I thought that argument was ludicrous. Yeah, and I'll, in fact, I, w- I would, I would, I would argue the Nation of Domination way before the Heart Foundation is a faction. I mean, you heard me run down the accolades, but um, for the for the record, I will concede that. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, tag team over the faction for sure. All right, take it away. Where do you want to start? Let's go with Braun Strowman and uh, Baron Corbin. Get that out of the way. Finally having their match, huh? Yeah. After I don't know how I'm long. Go- I'm going to step out on a limb and, and pick Braun Strowman unless, of course, Drew McIntyre gets involved and this becomes some sort of schmaz, schmazola. But I'll, I'll go Braun Strowman, assume he gets a strong win on this pay-per-view as we head towards WrestleMania season. Yeah. I- well, we're in WrestleMania season. We're on the road to WrestleMania, and I like the idea of uh, of Drew McIntyre getting involved. But I also I, I feel like if Drew gets involved, then Kurt gets involved. But if Kurt gets involved, then it has to be something that costs Braun the match because Braun doesn't need Kurt to save him. And so, with that in mind, I'm gonna go corporate Corbin. Wow. Yeah. All right. Corporate Corbin over Braun Strowman. Let's remember how bad you were in last I know. That's why I need that's to make up. There. I need to make up ground. <laughs> I don't know if you can ever recover from the, from the rumble, but, um, all right. What's next? Bobby Lashley and Leo Rush in a handicap match against Finn Balor. The Intercontinental Championship is on the line. And now I'm unclear about whether this is, um, Bobby Lashley and Leo Rush are going to have to tag in and out or if they're going to be able to both be in the ring at the same time. I'm assuming they're going to have to tag in and out. Um, but either way, it's February. Bobby Lashley and Leo Rush 
to retain the Intercontinental Championship. I mean, there have been such beautiful Black History Month vignettes. How could it not be? I would assume that after getting dogged out for most of the match, Leo Rush ends up costing Finn Balor. That would be my guess. Okay. So you going with Bobby Lashley and uh, Leo Rush? I am I am going with Lashley and, and Rush. Okay. I feel good about that pick then, uh, based on your verbal. See? There, there you go. <laughs> it's a bad sign when you have to trust someone else's logic, but it's okay. It just it just adds to my argument of Ronda Rousey and Ruby Riot for the Raw Women's Championship. I'm gonna go ahead, watch this, and pick Ronda Rousey. Yeah, I mean, no brainer, right? There's you, no way Ruby Riot walks out. And of you it. know, I'm a, I am a big Ruby Riot fan, but uh, I would call this. If Ruby Riot just randomly unseated Ronda Rousey for the title a month and change before WrestleMania, I would call it a bigger upset than the one, two, three kid over Razor Ramon. It would be the biggest upset in the history of sports. It'd be a- yeah. This would this. This would unseed Buster Douglas over Mike Tyson. One hundred percent. It'd be the it'd be the biggest upset in the history of life. By the way, Big Boss Man has his hands full with the brood right now. I like this Big Boss Man era. The it was like the the precursor to the Shield, right? This was him before Bull Buchanan, but with the the black SWAT gear. Oh, that's right. He was still good then. He was. He was still sort of yeah. young too, which is kind of crazy. I know it's kind. of... I know, because I think he was really young the first time around. Yeah. Like, yeah, he still had gas in the tank at that point. Um, okay, what's next? The Usos versus the Besties, Miz and Shane McMahon. Can't see how it makes sense for McMiz to lose the titles right now. I am going to... I'm gonna break away from you with this one. I'm gonna pick the Usos. Oh, I feel shocking. like oh I feel like Can you be can you be any more you at all times? I feel nah, I mean I I try and then I just end up doing me no matter what. Um, I feel like That's a that's a sign of a good man. You are you. You are yeah. S U G at all times. Oh man. I feel like Mick Miz they have to drop the titles and then some dissension has to start um, infiltrating their ranks. There, there has to be something that happens, a catalyst that gets us to them falling out and um, someone costing them the championships in a controversial fashion, I think, is going to be that thing. So I'm going to go with the Usos. By the way, I have bad news for Big Boss Man fans. I believe he's going to be sacrificed by the brood. Oh, no. So, just in case you're wondering, that's where it looks like this is going. He's being carried out. Might as well be on a cross. Um, it's not looking good. All right, so SGG makes his very SGG-like pick of the Usos <laughs> to upend Shane O'Mac and The Miz, but I don't think it's going to happen yet. By the way, their promo is super funny. With with Miz telling where they were playing a, his like, answers, uh, <laughs> the dating game, and he was cheating, and you have the answers. I thought that was pretty funny. 
why wouldn't he just say yes no matter what Shane McMahon said? That's also a way to cheat. Nobody knew the answers. But um Yeah, but some some of them were open ended questions. Yeah, so whatever whatever he says, just be like, You're right. I actually popped when it said, What's your favorite food? And he was like, Quiche and he was like, Quiche. <laughs> yeah. I, thought that was, I uh, thought that was actually pretty funny. And the minor league team was pretty hilarious too. Um Oh yeah, the Toledo pop? Yeah. All right, what's next, SGJ? The WWE Women's Tag Team Championship Elimination Chamber match. Uh, in it, you have Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville versus the Iconics versus Naomi and Carmella. I don't know if they have a name. I saw Fabulous Glow out there. I don't know if they're going with anything. Um, and on the Raw side, you have Nia Jackson, Tamina, the Riot Squad, and the boss hug connection. Who do you think it comes down to? Naya and Tamina versus Boss and Hug? Yeah, I think I, I think it comes down to exactly that. And for the longest time, like since they announced that these titles were coming, I I thought Nia Jackson Tamina for tag team champions. I was on that wave, and now. Um, with this pay-per-view fast approaching, I am going to gently remove myself from from that wave and jump on the Boss Hug Connection wow. wave as my official pick. Wow. I'm, I'm shocked to hear this. I know Nia and Tamina will be shocked to hear this. Um, <clears throat> but I agree with you. It makes the most sense. I mean, well, there's an argument to, for why it makes sense. For Nia and Tamina. But they just haven't felt like that much of a tag team. And Boss Hug has been like a while now. Yeah. There's merch, the whole nine. I think it makes more sense. Yeah. Given the history. Yeah, like there's so many signs that point to that being the move that I'd be, as as much as I want to see Nia Jackson, Tamina get the championships and then be monsters with it and have like a stranglehold on those titles. Uh, boss hug makes the most sense. Um, unless they give it to Nia Jackson, Tamina, and then let them drop it to boss hug at WrestleMania so that Sasha Banks and Bailey get like this WrestleMania moment with the titles, but they could, they could hoist the titles up at WrestleMania, whether they walk in as champions or as challengers. So I'm going to go with boss hug connection. Okay. And yeah, you'd have to think these titles get defended at WrestleMania, right? Yeah, you can't, you can't <laughs> introduce a championship and then like this close to the big show and then not have it make an appearance at WrestleMania, like on the main card too, not pre-show. Even if it opens up Mania, it has to be on the show. Yeah, I would think you're right. And finally, the WWE Championship Elimination Chamber match. Featuring Daniel Bryan, Jeff Hardy, Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, Randy Orton, and now Kofi Kingston. You know my heart wants to say Kofi, right? Like I want to say Kofi so bad. Every, Every single listener knows. 
Yeah. I mean, listen, Kofi gave us a great performance in that gauntlet match. He was awesome. He went almost an hour. Um, it looked like SmackDown was going to go off the air. Randy Orton came in and hit AJ Styles with that RKO with like 10 seconds left in the show to, to get the win. So like, you got to give it to WWE. That was very efficient use of, of their TV time. But that performance was, was great. I mean, he beat Daniel Bryan, Jeff Hardy, and Samoa Joe and gave AJ Styles a run for his money before finally tapping out. Um, it's hard to argue that he put up a great performance and he could do it again this Sunday, but I think at the end of the day, Daniel Bryan's gonna walk out with the championship still around his waist. So that's my pick. I think the, I think the same thing and I also wonder whether something happens here that sets up the mania match for Daniel Bryan. Do you think the Mania match ends up being Kofi Kingston versus Daniel Bryan. Be a hell of a match. No, I don't think so. <laughs> but it would be a hell of a match. It would. I mean, and it was on on Tuesday. You know, you know, I, I think the match is Samoa Joe. That's what it should be. Yeah, but I doubt we'll get that either. Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe. I mean. The Smarky Smarks and everybody else wanted um, AJ Styles versus Nakamura for so long, and then they finally gave it to us uh, at WrestleMania with a good storyline to go into it. So maybe, maybe we'll get all of that for Daniel Bryan and Samoa Joe. You never know. You never know. But my pick is also Daniel Bryan. We're on the same page. All right. Boom. It's a small, it's a short card for right now, huh? It is, but I think that's because of those elimination chamber matches. Um, similar to the Royal I mean, they, Rumble, they, each they just take, take like up so 45 much time. Min- they're, yeah, yeah, they're like they're like forty five minute matches. So they they really don't have that much time to to do too much else. Um, SUG, do you have a uh, Black Power rankings this week? Oh, well, you know I do. If you didn't this week, I would have been very disappointed. Nah, listen, you're getting Black Power Rankings all February. I know throughout the year, some weeks I take a little week off here and there, but all February, you're getting some Black Power Rankings. Um, all right, what do you what do you got? So my historical pick is Miss Jacqueline. Um, she was a, a legendary women's wrestler. She, uh, she held a men's championship at one point. I believe she held the cruiserweight championship multiple time WWE women's champion. Um, I even, <laughs> I noticed that, um, in some of those early Jeff Jarrett vignettes when he's like in the recording studio trying to, trying to get his single ready. She's even in there. She was a manager in WCW. Um, she was all over the place, but, not only that, she was just really tough and really impressive. And um it was dope to see like a black woman get that push in the early nineties in WWE as just like no nonsense. Like there was no no shenanigans with the gimmick. She was just tough and she held it down. And for for that, she's this week's 
historical pick on the Black Power Rankings. And uh, wow, what an what an honor for her! Did you send her a letter? Did she get a telegram? How does this work? Yeah, she's gonna get a get a post on social media and uh, and maybe a card. I think I'm, I think I spring for the card, one stamp. That wow. I, 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 we, if that happens, I want a picture of the card. <laughs> um, this week, it, it just felt right after that performance in the gauntlet match to to give the whole Black Power rankings to to Kofi Kingston and Kofi alone. Um, he competed, like I said, uh, for almost an hour, four different matches, um, four intense matches with four different styles of wrestler. Um, from the super technical Daniel Bryan to the high fly, fast pace Jeff Hardy to that hard hitting style of Samoa Joe to sort of a blend of all three with AJ Styles and he performed just at the top of his game and reminded everybody that, you know, he might, you know, do a little bit of booty popping with the New Day, but he at the end of the day is Still at the top of his game and still one of the best performers on the roster. So I, I didn't even think it was right to come in here with a three, a two, one. It's just all about Kofi Kingston this week. Kofi was great. And I'll tell you what, Greg, it leads us to a mailbag email. Um, I'll start like this. Um, Jacob writes us it short and sweet. Is Kofi Kingston a Hall of Famer? We know what Greg's answer is, so let me answer. Um, yeah, when it's all said and done, the amount of time he's going to have been with the company and how good he was for how, how long he was. And then how long, I mean, and then the new day is going in no matter what. Will he go in on his own? I think he might still need another accolade. Some sort of big solo push for that to happen. Otherwise, I could just see him going in with the new day. But either way, you cut it. Kofi Kingston's a Hall of Famer. Yep. I mean, I, I just think there's no way around it. No, I mean, like you said, and even even with his single stuff, I think there was an argument to be made that he goes in. Maybe not like on the level of some of the mega stars, but definitely, I mean, he could slide in that. Coco beware lane or one of those, you know, like next we have a message from uh Wes. Sit down, Bear. Bear, sit and relax. Can you sit? I'll take you out in a minute. Sit. Sit. Bear. Sit. <laughs> sit. The subject is these are hard to come by. He said, what's up, stat guy, Greg, and that guy, Greg? <laughs> j- j- oh, that's pretty good. <laughs> Just wondering, in your infinite wisdom, can you help me with something? In the famous uh, supermarket brawl between Booker and Stone Cold, Stone Cold eventually picks up a case of saltine crackers to smack Booker with, and before he hits him, sp- spouts off, I hope you enjoy these. These are hard to come by. This line has stuck in my head since I first saw the clip years ago, and I can't help but wonder, what's it supposed to mean? Is it some weird in-the-moment trash talk that doesn't make complete sense? And coming from a guy wearing a shirt that says, alcohol-fueled, it's in character. But I keep trying to make sense of it. and was hoping you could, or call Shoemaker and ask him too. Thanks, guys. Wes. 
I do not have an answer. I think it's just Stone Cold being Stone Cold. Yeah, same. I think it. I think it was some just weird in the moment trash talk. Um, although I will say, it, it's it is sort of disrespectful that you pick February to remind us of the, that heinous beating that Booker T had to endure while he was just trying to to get some produce at the hands of Stone Cold. I mean. This could have come in, in January. You said that line has been on your mind for years. You had 11 other months. You know, this could have waited until point. March. That's a great point. That's a great point. <sighs> this is not how I want to celebrate Black History Month. But may, listen, maybe, maybe, just maybe, he wanted to send it another time, but it was like Greg History Week, and he didn't. That's he true. Didn't want to upset yeah, don't, you. don't send it during Greg History Week either. Maybe he didn't want to upset you on Greg History Week, and that's what it was. Come here, Bear. We'll forgive you this time, but I mean, it's February. Man. Hey, I didn't even, I didn't even see this message from Keelan, who writes, "Goat fee Kingston." Hello, Greg and Uptown Malcolm. After his performance in the Gauntlet match on SmackDown Tuesday, the Twitter streets have been showing Kofi a lot of love. Well deserved, no doubt. But that got me wondering: Is Kofi the greatest African American wrestler post Attitude Era? Also, where would you rank him all time? Is he top five, top three? I'd go as far as to say he's top three. Rock, Booker, Kofi. This could also play into the Mount Rushmore of African-American performers. We'd love to hear your guys' takes on this. Love the show as always. Hope all is well in the non-Kayfabe lives as well. Truly yours, Keelan from St. Louis. He's a good listener. He said a list of Kofi's achievements, longest reigning tag team champions, most combined days as tag team champions, won tag titles as part of four t- different teams, some of the most memorable Royal, moment, Royal Rumble moments ever, four-time IC champion, three-time US champion, eight-time tag champion, sole survivor in a Survivor Series match, part of a popular tag team that shifted a, that, that, uh, moved a whole lot of merch. Had some great matches in his time, including his one-hour gauntlet match. Had a memorable moment with Piper inside MSG. Competed in 11 consecutive Royal Rumbles. Slammy winner, if you count that. On top of all that, everyone loves the guy. Pretty much guaranteed Hall of Famer. So, a nice email to back up another email. Yeah. I will say it was funny to me that he um, he listed like, oh, he had a memorable moment with Piper memorable moments in the Royal Rumble and it was like Slammy winner if you want to count that like <laughs> at least the Slammy's a trophy like he didn't win anything for those moments but um but no I do think, think about what that trophy meant think about what that trophy meant to Owen Hart exactly two time Slammy winner Owen Hart, Owen Hart um definitely Hall of Famer like you said definitely accolade that people need to respect yeah. Is he the best since the Attitude Era? I guess that depends on where you end the Attitude Era. I I think that the Attitude Era for me ends after WrestleMania 19 or at, at WrestleMania 19, I'll say. Um, just because that Stone Cold's last match and he lost to The Rock and like those two were the titans of that era. And then you got King Booker. So as great as Kofi is, I mean, King Booker's like a legend like undeniably so um and mark henry's kind of mark henry's kind of yeah both also and then when you talk about is he like top three african-american all time and then you go you know the rock booker t kofi kingston it's like you gotta throw in some of those pioneers too man you gotta you know bobo brazil ernie ladd like that the road got paved for for those guys you know even like tony atlas and rocky johnson 
you got to think about some of those guys when you talk about like goat, especially especially with the with the black wrestlers because uh, so so few make it to that level, like that upper upper level that you can't just wipe away the pioneers who made yeah. it to the top for you what it was for about them. The J White, the J, the guy about the JYD, yeah, and the big cat or any lad, and um. So, how to get more heat on Ronnie? Tyson writes us, "Mama, mage one, waste of space match between Rousey and Ruby Riot, right? Obviously, zero chance Ronnie loses. But what if she did? Riot Squad interfere big time when the ref is out. Ruby gets the pin. Of course, Rubes ain't main eventing WrestleMania, so Vince decides to strip the title and give it back to Ronda. Um, uh, basically because." Uh, Ruby can't um, main event main re- WrestleMania, but under the guise of outside interference, plus puts more heat on Rousey. Blah 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 blah. I think it's a cool idea from Kubi from Denver. It won't happen, but it's a neat idea. I like the idea too. Um, I like you said. I don't think it'll happen just because it doesn't make sense for for Vince to do that after what he did on Monday. But um, yeah, no, nah, I, I like that he's thinking outside the box though. Wow, this next one's great. It, it comes from Dave. Hey, Pete, first time, long time. WWE is obviously trying to position Becky as the next Stone Cold, right? Down to the feuding with her boss and wearing a knee brace. I think they should go even further and have her start doing the stunner and call it the stun her. What do you think? <laughs> Thanks. Love it. That's mage. I love it. Oh. That's the email of the week. Oh, yeah. That's, that's, to me, the stun her is, I might have to tell her that when I see her. That's phenomenal. Why did no one think of that before? This is my question. That's Lindsay great. writes us. Lindsay writes us. Any chance the Bellas replace one of the Repug teams in the Elimination Chamber? Same age, Lindsay. Nice thought. Um, there would be room for them, but I doubt it. Especially if they came in and stole it and became the first champions, that'd be pretty good. And then you get Boss Hug versus the Bellas at Mania. Not bad. Yo, imagine if they take their spot. If they take Boss Hug's spot, Sasha's already hurt. See, they already were teasing that the Bellas show up and just oh beat her right, down. yes, they yes they take the Boss Hug spot and then they have the match at Mania against Boss Hug. Love it. Great idea. I forget where these emails were were uh, someone sent us one saying farewell to Hitomi Tanaka um um uh, here's a long Jericho one that I I, I will get to next week I'm going to give Chris a break this week <laughs> we'll get to Jericho next week he already took a shot earlier um, <laughs> that's a good point he didn't even get a break this week um I was trying to find where these emails were well, I don't know where they are, but a few people disagreed and reminded that while Dipperstein was staying, there's essentially no story that, like, you can't forget about Becky giving Ronda the beatdown, that that is the story. And then on top of that, Charlotte gave Ronda maybe the biggest beatdown of her career, and then Charlotte and Becky have their own story. So you could argue that Dip saying there's no story, in fact, there's actually a full story between all three competitors. You could argue that. Yeah, and it sounds like it'll be a solid argument because I, I I sort of did forget that um Charlotte beat the brakes off of Ronda and then never came in contact with her again. So no, <laughs> she's old one. 
Yeah, and then I between and then with that and then plus what Becky did. So there is there is story there. But dip dip is so entertaining that sometimes you just listen and say, Yes, you know what, you're right. Um hey, now it's time we wrap this up and listen to SGG's exclusive sit down with Stephen Merchant, the director of Fighting with My Family. No, I was not there. So I know there's a contingency of listeners who are just curious to see what the hell happens when you leave Stat Guy Greg alone <laughs> with an with an ESPN microphone one on one with a famed and respected actor and director in Stephen Merchant. So that's what's coming up right now. Everyone enjoy Elimination Chamber. RosenbergBeats at gmail.com. Don't forget to watch Friday night, um, the Celebrity Game on ESPN. Catch me on the sidelines there having some fun. And SUG, do me a favor and um, stay mage. And enjoy yourself this weekend. Yes, sir, we promised you a great game. That guy, Greg, with ESPN's Cheap Heat Podcast, and I'm sitting here with the writer, producer, and director of the new film, Fighting With My Family, which is going to be released in New York City and L.A. on February 14th and nationwide, one week after that, uh, comedy legend, Stephen Merchant. Thank Welcome you. to the ESPN Cheap Heat Podcast. Did someone from my team say you had to introduce me as a comedy legend? Because that's what I always specify. So I appreciate that, they, that the word got through to you. <laughs> if someone on your team was supposed to tell me that, they dropped the ball. Oh, but okay. It, well, I appreciate you truth. saying it anyway. It's the truth. So um, I want to start at, I guess, what's essentially the beginning of, of our story. I actually met you um, at NXT TakeOver Dallas. Okay. I was with a friend um, who's an agent in Hollywood, and he asked you, you know, what were you doing in Dallas? And you told him, um, I'm working on a project, and I, I can't say. And I guess now we know what yeah. the project is. What was it that attracted you to this story that uh, that pulled you in? Well, when uh, I met you there at NXT Dallas, that was actually because I, I was in Dallas for WrestleMania, which I think took place the next night or the night after. Yes. And um, I was there with uh, with Dwayne Johnson um, because I had begun developing the project with him. Um, and I did not know anything about WWE when I began this project. And I went there to immerse myself in it, to understand it, to enjoy it, to soak up the atmosphere and to spend time with him answering for him to answer questions that I had about WWE, about his life uh, as a wrestler. And, um, the project had originated with him. He had been filming one of his Fast and Furious movies. I think they're on number 17 or something now. He was in <laughs> 23. He was in London. He saw <clears throat> one night when he couldn't sleep a documentary about this family of British wrestlers, mum, dad, all the kids wrestle. And, um, it ultimately became the story of Paige, who, if you're a WWE fan, will recognize the name. And yet, when she began, she was this um, this woman called Soraya from a, a tiny town in England. She came from a wrestling family. They had big dreams to try and make it in WWE. And, you know, she went off to America having got signed and had to, at the age of 18, live 4,000 miles away and, and go through the developmental stage of that. And... Even though I was not a wrestling fan, I just thought the story was so uh, uplifting and inspiring and funny and moving and dramatic and emotional. Her brother, for instance, got left behind, uh, didn't get signed, although it was his dream as well. And so I just thought there were so many amazing elements to this story, even though I personally had no knowledge of WWE or wrestling. I think it's interesting that you say that the story is um, 
uplifting and funny and emotional because I feel like I saw the movie last night and I think if you had to just give somebody three words to describe that movie it's all of those things it's inspirational um I I was telling um I was telling the consultant earlier today you know I saw the movie and I know how her story ends but just at points in the movie I still managed to feel like you know what is she gonna do right you know you tear up and yeah well, that's that's how I felt when she told me the story. Um, I, I wanted you to be laughing initially. I thought it would be, you know, let's make this a fun and enjoyable experience. But I wanted you to, if you start the movie laughing, to get choked up, to get a little emotional, maybe even shed a tear by the end. Yeah, mission accomplished. Well, I appreciate that because that was the ambition for me. And I love uh, movies that take you on a journey in that way. And I thought... That was exactly how I felt speaking to her, speaking to her family. Um, she told me that when she finally made it to the main roster, the emotion she felt, even in this world, much of which is predetermined and scripted, the emotion she felt was as real as if she'd won an Olympic gold medal or knocked out someone in the heavyweight boxing championship of the world. The, the journey she'd been on meant everything to her. You know, the fact that she was, um, that she'd got there in the end was very, very real. And I just thought, even in this, heightened world of wwe you know if you make it it's just as emotional as if you make it in any other sport so well why why did you actually take the project because you said the rock bought it to you and then yeah not only did you take it but you know director writer producer you're very hands-on with well you don't say no to the rock do you (laughs) i mean you know what i mean like that guy gives you a call you what am i what am i an idiot (laughs) um you're a comedy legend there you are but i think it was the um I'm always looking for, for projects that I relate to uh, in some way that move me emotionally. I, I think even as far back as when we did our, our show, The Office, yes, we were trying to make you laugh, but we wanted you, we wanted the world to feel real. We wanted you to care about the characters uh, and we wanted, you know, you to be laughing, but sometimes to, to shed a little tear or to feel emotional or to feel the drama of their lives. And um, someone described wrestling to me as being soap opera in spandex and i've often thought about comedy as being like soap opera with laughs you know i love i loved friends for that reason you know i was as much invested in the in the storylines of those characters in their lives as i was in the laughs that i got watching the show you know and so i really felt that with this i just thought there's such a human story here about family about brother sister relationships about living your dreams about staying true to who you are about you know in the face of people saying you're a freak and an outsider remaining true to you and also even perhaps more importantly what happens when your dreams don't quite come true like her brother zach who 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 didn't make it what happens then how do you pick yourself up when when you've been crushed in that way and how do you find new meaning in your life and how do you continue to support that's right um your family that's right as as they live your dream It's, it's 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 so interesting how heavy it is um on top of being you know comedic and well i hope that's it right i hope that it's like we we we, we try to sh- give you this experience and and sh- discuss some big ideas um but hopefully still entertain and make it funny and not and not sort of burden you with it you know right. just but let you live it with them and uh, i appreciate too the way you presented um the story you did there's not a lot of pandering to wrestling fans in the story it's like wrestling is the backdrop of this great story but it at the heart of it it's like you said emotional uplifting funny story well it was important to me that it worked for both the fans and the non-fans right right? i was not a fan like i say when i began although i've been converted now and and i'm a fan now but initially um i wanted it to work for people that that like me had never watched it didn't know anything about it 
so I wanted to explain to the non-wrestling fan just enough that you understood what was going on that you were orientated in the world that you understood but not get so into the weeds the nitty gritty of it that you'd get lost um because wrestling is very complicated if you've not immersed yourself in it for you know and followed it since you were young it's quite hard to come fresh to it and just absorb it and understand it um but at the same time i wanted the wrestling fan to to be uh, to enjoy it as well and to feel like we were not laughing at this thing which they love we weren't sneering at it or spoofing it we were celebrating it it's you know in, in that way as well respect. yeah um well that's because the family treated with respect you know and right. and that was what was important to me is that even if you're not a fan you you have to care that they care yeah they care about this thing and so you mentioned that NXT TakeOver Dallas was your introduction to wrestling, and now you're a fan. So I got to ask now, like, what what is your favorite wrestling moment as a fan now that you've been sort of converted and welcomed into the family? Well, the thing that I was dazzled by was the... Uh, the mix of athleticism and showmanship and choreography and stunt work. And when I was at that wrestlemania with Dwayne, uh i was sat very luckily near the front and there was a cage match between shane mcmahon and the undertaker and the undertaker and shane at some point right in front of me climbed on the top of this 10 foot yeah. 15 foot cage and threw himself off smashed through the announcer's table onto the hard floor beneath he missed the undertaker completely. he missed the undertaker there was no mats i was right there looking it's like a magic trick there was no mats he said it wasn't a magic trick the guy just threw himself on the floor i thought I thought this guy's going to break his back. I mean, it was, it was crazy. And it was so exhilarating. It was so exciting. The theater of it, the drama of it, the danger of it. The guy got stretchered off. People said they saw him backstage throwing up into a trash can. You know, it's like, <laughs> wow, this, and this is the, this is Vince McMahon's son. I mean, yeah. this guy's not trying to prove himself. He's already part of the family. I was like, wow, the level of commitment. Um, I just was really, I was just really impressed. You know, I just like, wow, you don't, this is, where am I finding this anywhere else in life? Yeah. And it's funny you mentioned Shane McMahon too, because they say, um, those McMahons, like when they ask their performers to do something, they are not asking them to do anything. They wouldn't do themselves. themselves. Right. Shane McMahon is the living, breathing embodiment of that. Just throwing himself off of the, yeah. It was crazy. Um, do you have any wrestling that, uh, excuse me, wrestlers that you, follow now that you're like fans of well i've spent so much time working on this movie and editing this movie and uh talking about the movie that i love wrestling but i can't follow it week to week because it's just like you can overdose on a good thing you know <laughs> it's and it's true. like believe me i uh i i went back in the archives i watched the rock i watched page i watched stone cold I, I mean i really did my research you know so i've i've like overdosed on wrestling in in the in a short amount of time whereas the average fan has been watching it since they were a kid i like kind of intravenously absorbed it in you know in like a weekend so um so i am a fan and and i do enjoy and i love the matches i love going and i love whenever it it comes on tv i will stop and watch it but i don't i don't watch it religiously day to day because i just there's a lot of wrestling in my life yeah so you just mentioned going back through the network and i do you reminded me that i do have a gripe with you okay. over the film. Fair enough. Which I loved. I loved everything about it except for one thing, which is um, in building the world, you take the time to show non-wrestling fans this montage of legends throughout history. You show The Rock. You show Stone Cold, uh, Triple H, Hulk Hogan. You 
do not show Bret Hart, who is my favorite wrestler of all time. And I'm just like, Are you sure there's not a little shot of Bret jumping like sort of almost like a like jumping really and then landing on someone because I'm sure he was That's in- Shawn Michaels. Oh that was Shawn Michaels, was there, it? Yeah. There's some pink. I mean Bret Hart was yeah. famous for wearing Yeah, pink, right, 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 right. Oh that was Shawn Michaels, you're right. Yeah. Where where was the hit there? Here's the truth of it. That sequence was about four minutes long initially you know what i mean like i tried to put everybody in there i even had that clip from wrestlemania when donald trump showed up remember uh, that yeah. that sequence and it turns out funnily enough that, that you in order to include that in the movie i had to get permission from trump and so we actually wrote to the white house <laughs> to like <laughs> couldn't we and, he, and we never got, got a reply i guess he had a, had a fish to fry so um yeah so everyone was in there and i tried to include as many faces but you know in the end it was only like a 15 second sequence and i just had to keep trimming it down making it tighter and tighter and unfortunately certain people got thrown out i'm afraid so what you're telling me is that there's a chance that on the blu-ray my guy will be in you can have the full-on long sequence i knew that someone would get left out and someone would be upset but i had to make some difficult choices no but um luckily though that's not one of the choices that sacrificed the the heart of the film this is Great. a really fun film and i'm excited for wrestling fans to come see it do you have any last words for our listeners well like i say i you know i i, I this this movie has made been made with love it really has it's been made with passion and i know on the surface it seems like you know as someone who's admitted that he was not a wrestling fan from a young age i don't want you to think that i've not taken it seriously that i'm not trying to respect those that love it and have grown up with it and are passionate about it you know Dwayne is a producer Dwayne made sure that I uh, was sensitive to it, that I was respectful. Um, he helped to shape the matches. He helped our actors, you know, with their performances. So, um, you know, like I say, it's been made with love and care. And, and hopefully uh, those that know about wrestling and have enjoyed it over the years will, will respond to this. I think they will. That really comes across. Um, thank you for being with us, Stephen. Thank you, mate.